Welcome to the Spawn on Me podcast. This is episode 55. I am your host, Cicero Holmes, a.k.a. Stubby Stan. I'm coming to you live from Chicago. And usually this is the moment where Khalif Adams would say, this is my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Cicero Holmes, the greatest person I've ever known. Um, but he's not here to say all of those things, even though we all know them, them to be true. We have beef. I told him to kick rocks and then he, he tried to kick some rocks and he sprained his ankle again. Um, so, um, but, uh, actually he's, he's, he's away on a mission. Um, I think he's actually flying back home right now as we speak safe travels, brother. I will speak to you soon, but in his stead, usually we have the minister of no finance, Sharif Adams, but instead of bringing him back, for this very special episode, I decided to bring back someone from our very recent past. Uh, someone from the the person from the anniversary episode, uh, the man with the voice of God. And in wonderful Bricago tradition, the first time you come, you come to Bricago, you're a guest. We get the drinks out of the fridge for you. When you come back to Bricago, you get a job. This man now has a job. Ladies and gentlemen, Bricago, stand up and welcome your minister of physical education, Mr. Nino Dazar Samuel. Mr. Samuel, how are you today, sir? Brother Stubby staying in all of Bricago, I have to say in the words of Mike Tyson, I don't know whether I'm ecstatic or ludicrous, but I am excited <laughs> to be here. I do want to say my first act, my very first act as Minister of Physical Education is to make it mandatory for all members of Bricago to wear ankle braces when they're trying to catch the bus, baby. We can't, we can't have no more broken ankles, family. We just cannot do it. What's good? <laughs> right on right on i really i really appreciate that this uh it's you know it's it's a, an honor to have you back here um and have you sit and talk some games with us um we're gonna have a great time we've got another special guest but before we get to our guest i uh, just want to do some obligatory housekeeping and uh housekeeping is as follows again thank you guys so much for uh following the show repping the show sharing the show uh Khalif and I did a press junket this past week where we were on uh the throwdown throwdown show from the coalition our boys uh Emilio Lopez and uh and Tony Polanco were gracious hosts with the rest of his crew over there and we did a show last week with them and uh, we also were, were on the latest episode of Justice Points, actually the episode before this one. Now that you're going to be listening to uh, listening to this episode, because we both release on Tuesday. So uh, hopefully you heard us on Justice Points. And um, I am on the latest episode of the Branching Dialogue uh, podcast. So make sure you go and you check that out. I talk about I talk about the the rating system and why it's needed. Um, it's, uh, it's an all out drag, drag them out knuckle busting fight <laughs> on branching dialogue. So make sure you check it out. Shout out, shout out to all of those shows. Um, I really, really, uh, really appreciative of the fact that, you know, you guys were willing to have us two knuckleheads on and, uh, 
you know, just happy to uh, happy to have been there. Uh, additionally, I want to send a special shout out to our minister of no finance, Sharif Jackson, on his latest uh, gaming looks good video about uh, was it Medpack motherfucker, I guess would be the best way to, to describe it. Battlefield Hardline and him talking about diversity uh, or or lack thereof in Battlefield Hardline, especially with the campaign is a great video. I think it's his, it's his best yet. So make sure you guys go and check that out. And also a uh, shout out to our sister, Tanya to pass hashtag. I need diverse games. Um, she hooked up with Lee Alexander and the folks over at off world. If you go to boing, boing.net and you look for Tanya's article, a brilliant article that she wrote, uh, it's called in fantasy worlds, historical accuracy is a lie about dragon age origin and, or the dragon age universe. And and about the diversity and or lack thereof within within that um, really fantastic article. And uh, we're super, super proud of all the work that Tanya has been doing, both for us, uh, for diversity, for uh, hashtag I need diverse games. Um, And I I believe her new site, I need diverse games dot info. Um, so, uh, you know, make sure if you guys aren't checking out Tanya's work, make sure you go and you check it out. Tanya's everywhere right now. She is blowing up, but now, now is the time. Now is the time. This is, um, this gentleman that's, that's on the show. Our guest is, I, I guess, just kind of cosmically linked to Nino, to, to you, Nino. Um, this gentleman was actually supposed to be on our a uh our anniversary show with you and uh at the last minute he wasn't able to make it and uh, i'm so happy that we were able to have him on right now and uh this this gentleman he he is the lead voice on the press row podcast uh it's a, a gaming podcast that i particularly love um you know i'm a big sports gamer uh it's the premier sports video game podcast on the net and uh, this guy runs a show like no other. Um, it's my pleasure to introduce Bricago to the one, the only Mr. Rich Grisham. Rich, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm glad we can make it happen. Life is very busy. Schedules are insane. And I'm just delighted to be sitting down with you two fine men. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so, so much. Rich, you know, so the the, the interesting thing is, so Nino Dazar was on our show and we had a blast on, on our show uh, with him. And then I, I go and I download a press row podcast yep. and I start to listen to the press row podcast that week. And who should be the guest, but the one and only Nino Samuel. I flat um, out stole from you, man. Just yeah, flat exactly. out ripped you off. It was yeah. brutal. It, Hey, listen, great minds think alike, right? <laughs> no, it's it, it's funny. Um, Nino and I had actually had that scheduled, um, and it was it was a very strange circumstance. But it was uh, it was it was an accident uh, of schedules that that happened. <laughs> so yeah, so wonderful wonderful show um, that you guys had where you talked about uh, the two K series and. And, you know, NBA 2K and, and I really actually honestly um, learned a lot about uh, about the 2K series. So did I. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> um, 
with with the two of you on it was it was fantastic and uh and i i hope that that people with with that week it was nino samuel week on on in the podcasting universe so you got to on spawn on me learn about nino and a and a little bit about two you know the the 2k uh nba 2k franchise and his involvement in that and then on the press row podcast you got to learn a lot about uh nba 2k franchise and and a little bit about nino so with with uh with both shows combined you got a hundred percent nino a hundred percent of the time how did how did you feel that week the czar how did you feel like did you feel like the superstar of all superstars Man, I felt like I had made it, man. You know, I, like right. I said, I came on spot on me, man. We had a fantastic time. And then, you know, I, I went and sat down with Rich, man. It, it, it was amazing. I told my, my mom, listen to both shows. You know, I told her, hey, mama, oh. I made it. Video games has finally <laughs> done something for me. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, man. Both of you guys treated me well. Uh, uh, both of you so gracious, man. And I, I just enjoyed it. You mentioned press junket earlier. I felt like a star. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you just you were you were the number one pick, man. You were the number one pick. Yeah, Everybody wanted it, you. Man. Yeah, you know, you're gonna be doing some Campbell Soups commercials. <laughs> the world is the world is your oyster. <laughs> oh. But uh you know, now is now it's time for you to uh you know, you gotta take you you're no longer the number one draft pick. You're now you're now over here, you're interviewing um, but, uh, Rich, I guess first and foremost, um, press row podcast, why don't you tell the people, um, you know, for those of, those of us in Bricago that have never heard of press row, yeah. uh, why don't you give them a quick, quick and dirty rundown of, of the greatness that is the press row podcast? Well, first of all, thank you for saying that press row podcast is the leading, um, podcast internet show that is about sports video games. There are, Thousands of video game podcasts, um, most of which are very broad, and there are a few video game podcasts that are niche. And um, I've always loved sports games above and beyond any other kind of game. When I was little and um, I, you know, couldn't afford a whole lot, I always just went right for the sports games, you know, for my Atari and my Nintendo. And now that I'm not little, um, I still go right for the sports games for my PlayStation <laughs> and, and then my Xbox. And, um, you know, it, 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 it dawned on me years ago that there wasn't uh, anybody out there talking to me in a language that I like to uh, be spoken to when it comes to the things I love. In fact, in, in most places, sports video games are looked down upon by right. uh, people. And uh, I felt like there were, I didn't like that. And um, so I started a show with a website that I've been writing for for a decade. It was called Box Score. It was about okay. sports video games. Um, that was about four or five years ago. And nobody listened to it. Um, and I got, I got canceled, but, uh, luckily at least one person did listen to it. And that was a fellow named Steve Noah at operation sports. Oh. And, um, Steve and I got to become friendly and I pitched him on the idea of a show. And, um, I knew that if I wanted to make it something better, uh, I needed to get voices of authority, voices of people who know what they're talking about. So I reached out to a few folks at a few of the major websites at the time and asked them if they would like to come on the show. And believe it or not, they said yes and <laughs> started uh, started it um, 
and it quickly became much bigger and more popular than I expected and anticipated, which made me realize I had better get my act together and do a good job with it. <laughs> and, um, and there we go. So yeah, you know, it, it's all about, you know, finding an audience, uh, finding someone who can reach your audience and then speaking to the audience in a respectful way. And, you know, that's kind of what press row is about. We have fun, you know, we're, we're ridiculous and we laugh, but you know, we also treat the subject of sports video games with, you know, I think a seriousness um, of a fan without obviously taking anything too seriously. And it struck a chord. I'm I'm amazed every day at how many people enjoy the show and and I love it and uh, do it every week. Yeah. Well, uh, so what kind of drew you to broadcasting in this way? Because if you're not naturally a broadcaster, I mm -hmm. would say that you missed your calling um, because you, you do it so well. <laughs> well, thank you. I um I really, when, when podcasts first became a thing, I really jumped into them. I uh, spent a lot of time in my car commuting and a lot of time on planes traveling. Sure. And the advent of podcasts was a godsend to me. <laughs> you know, radio is all commercials all the time. And right. um, I just, I, I started enjoying podcasts and, and in particular, a few video game podcasts, including the, the ever famous one up yours. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but uh, yes, you know, that's yes. that in particular got me into the notion of podcasting. And I just, I loved it so much. I couldn't wait every Friday until it was out, you know, <laughs> and then a few years later, I, I just, you know, a couple of buddies of mine were doing one and they asked me to join. And, um, I just, it, it, you know, it, it wasn't a moment in time, but it just became a thing that I loved to do. And I then decided, um, you know, that uh, I wanted to try to start my own and forge my way. And, and it, you know, it's all accidental. I don't have any training in it. I just listened to a whole lot of them. I had to teach myself all the tools, you know, I had to teach myself the various, uh, you know, how to record and how to mix and how to put all the stuff together and edit. And I just kind of figured it out. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I've been a video game writer for a decade now, and so that was just became an extension of that. Is 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 really you know what it came down to. I loved them. I I had an in by writing, and then I just started uh, podcasting. And I've I've come to discover that podcasting is a lot more fun than writing. A lot, more fun <laughs> than at least for me, it is. So yeah, so, so that's so the background. Uh, Nice. So, uh, so where, uh, where can we find some of your writing? Where have you been writing? What, uh, what publications? Well, Games Radar, I've been writing for for almost ten years now. Um, and relatively shortly after I started writing for them, I became their sports game guy. Um, nice. You know, I've always been a freelancer. I've never done it full time. Um, but yeah, Games Radar is where I have. Uh, I've had the vast amount of my work published. Pretty much if you if you look at a Madden review or an NHL review or an MLB The Show review or a NBA 2K review, any time in the last six or seven years, it'll be me. There's a lot of other non-sports game stuff, but a lot of the sports games for me. I've also you yeah. know been lucky enough to be published in the Sporting News. Uh, I was in Polygon. Um, a couple things have been picked up by some other folks along the line, but Games Radar has... Uh, has been my my home uh, for almost ten years now. Wow, wow! So, where where did the sports passion come, or what came first? Was it the passion in sports games, sports video games, 
or the passion in sports? Sports. Um, okay. it, it was always sports first, but that's only because I'm old and there weren't really sports <laughs> video games when I first discovered sports. It would be funny if, if like I were born 10 years later, um, when, you know, video game consoles were just a thing that most, you know, most families, if they could afford them would have in their home. Right. Um, you know, but I was, a, you know, I was born in the seventies. And, and so when I was little, Way before I knew what an Atari or a Nintendo was, I knew what the NFL was, and I knew what sure. the NBA was, and I knew what college basketball was. So, sports first, but uh, the minute video game, the minute I discovered video games, sports video games were my uh, <laughs> my focus on those. So, what was what was the first sports video game for you? Well, it would have to have been on the old Atari twenty six hundred. Um, I can tell you the first sports video games were like those old football and basketball and baseball ones sure, where you move one guy them well. and like eight of them all move. <laughs> but I can tell right. you the first sports video game that I liked was the Activision baseball game that came oh, out. Yeah. You know, yeah. that was the first baseball game that actually remotely resembled actual baseball. The graphics were so good. They were so much better. I was so <laughs> naive. I, I wrote a letter. I got like an Atari magazine, you know, and I wrote a letter saying, why do the Activision baseball game look so much better than the Atari game? Not knowing, of course, at the time <laughs> right. that Activision was like started by all these Atari rebels and it was a huge, you know, I had right. no idea. Right. <laughs> but you were stirring the pot. You I had was. no idea. Absolutely was. So, yeah, the Activision baseball and then the, the football and the soccer, that's like what made me... Instead of looking at a sports game and being like, well, that's dumb. That's not like sports. It became, right. oh, my gosh, that's awesome. I want to play this all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, And you and I uh, actually have a uh, baseball love um, in, in terms of sports video games. I can never remember the name of it, but you've talked about it several times on your show. Okay. Oh, it was a PC game. Micro League Baseball? Micro League Baseball. It was the best. That was was... my first (laughs) obsession when it comes to sports video games because that took it to a whole other level. Yes. A whole other level with stats and real-world players and historical teams. I would spend hours watching that game. Oh, yeah, yeah, and 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 that was the, that was the weirdest thing about that game. So you could you could r- realistically just let it play, mm-hmm. or you could play it. But yep. it was really the only thing that you played was pushing the space bar, right? Because you you didn't really field, no, you just batted, and then I think you pitched. But it was I think it was still just the space bar to pitch. Yeah, but I th- you have some influence, like whether you want to throw a curveball or a fastball right. and stuff like right. that. So it was right. it was kind of like you could say whether you wanted to do a whether you wanted to steal or whether you want to hit and run. So there was some strategy to it. It's like you're a manager, but I used to always get so frustrated because again I didn't understand how this stuff was done. But like whenever a guy was going to wind up getting a hit, he would always run a lot faster to first base. But whenever right. it determined that he was going to be out, he would run slow. I'd be like, "Come on, just run faster, run right, faster, right. just run faster. Why are That's you all you need faster? to do." I didn't realize the game already figured out he was going to be out. You know, like right. when you're a kid, these aren't things that that you you think of. But but much like you, um, lots of my baseball education from you know from way before I was born uh, came from from micro league baseball. Oh, um, yes, you know, totally just the 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 uh, the murderous row Yankees. Oh yes, yeah. um, the, the big red machine. 
Oh yep. man. Oh, I mean, they were just they. You you could not beat them. I could you still could not name half that lineup because of that game. You know, and yeah. the 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 sixty one Yankees, the nineteen sixty yes. Dodgers, seventy five Red Sox, seventy five Reds, the nineteen sixty eight oh. Tigers. I still remember oh, playing the right. Tigers versus the Cardinals. I'm like, who is this dude with a twenty like? 29 and one record and a 1.12 ERA. Bob Gibson, what is this? I don't understand. <laughs> right. This is craziness. Yeah. That game taught me uh, so much about the history of baseball. You know, my dad, you know, yeah. I love my dad, but he's not a sports guy. So everything sports, I kind of figured out on my own. I know I got it from my, right. my late grandfather. You know, I got that sports love gene. But yeah, that game taught me so much about the history of baseball. It was, it was fantastic. That was that was the old love. What's what is your current love, right? You know, what's your your current sports video game love? Well, if I could only pick no pressure, one, Rich. <laughs> if I could only pick one, well, the good thing is people who know me know I would say this whether Nino is sitting here or not. But it's NBA Two K Fifteen. I love that game. I love the different ways I get to love that game. I'm also a big right. fan of Madden. I know a lot of people love to hate on Madden. Right. But I thoroughly enjoy Madden. I'm playing in an online franchise with a bunch of my friends, so we we have a blast with that. Um, but if I had to pick one, it's it's NBA 2K. That game has its hooks in me. Something fierce. I play it whenever I can. You know, I I had a a situation develop the other night. I sent out a mayday signal for the Desar and and OG to help me out. Was having some <laughs> trouble, but yeah, I love NBA 2K. I cannot get enough of that game. I yeah. love it. So I, I've I've got a bone to pick with you, Rich. Uh oh, here we go. Um, yeah, um, it's because of you that I've I've discovered the greatness that is the GM mode. Oh yeah, uh, and and I must curse you for it because <laughs> it is crack. It is so good. It is so good. And I'm you know I'm gonna pretend like Nino's not here. Okay. And 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 just and just say unabashedly, it is so damn good. It's better than um, any other GM mode. Oh yeah, in any hands other down, game. hands down, yep, hands down. Um, th- I mean, there's so many things like uh, so. You and I both love Madden. Yes. Um, I think Madden. I think this Madden that's out right now is better than any Madden that, you know that preceded it. Agreed. Um, it, it's it, there. There are fantastic things about it. There are still some things th- that infuriate me about Madden above and beyond. The stupid practice mode, because that practice mode is dumb. You mean the practice it, it mode ha- that's not a practice mode where you don't get right, to right, practice. Exactly. Right, okay. exactly. Yep. <laughs> um, but I love the draft, mm-hmm. and I love scouting, mm-hmm. but I hate the scouting in Madden. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it really isn't a fair indicator of what you're going to get when you draft players. There isn't enough information given and it and, you know, and when you go to the player cards themselves. Why isn't in the player cards? Why don't they have the team names for the players? You know, for the previous year, so you go into the player card and you get all the stats and you do all that other stuff and they tell you what year they played and they give you the stats for them, but they don't tell you the team. So if you get a free agent, you can't. You have no indicator of what team that per, that player played for, and that system to really kind of inform you on on you know selecting that person 
And then in the draft, they don't give you enough information. I don't understand that. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways that mode, the connected franchise mode, is in transition. I think whenever you're in the middle of a transition, it's difficult to deliver something whole while also building towards something new. And I don't have any inside information on that. It's just I think it it felt to me last year. First of all, thank God connected franchise exists because if it weren't for connected franchise, I wouldn't play Madden. You know, it would be like in the old (laughs) days when I would play a season with my favorite team, win the Super Bowl, and then put it down and never pick it up again. Now I play it pretty much all year round. But, yeah, there's holes in it. You know, they, they made some curious design decisions this year getting rid of practice and things. So there's a lot of little things uh, about it. And, and I think, I think it, like I said, it's because it's in transition. I don't have any idea whether CFM is going to get a facelift, whether it's not going to exist anymore, whether it's going to be bigger and bolder, whether it's going to get monetized. But yeah, it just, it's, it's sort of in a weird spot. I don't, I don't think it's getting the love, you know, and the resources, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I just not, hope you know, it sticks it's not around. making the money that, uh, that, other modes other modes are making yeah you know because those modes gee Cicero what are you hinting at (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I don't know maybe something having to do with cards and well I'll tell you what though I mean you know and and obviously um you know Desar is in the middle of this on a daily basis but right some days i'm glad i don't make sports video games because if i had to make decisions you know and i'm i'm you know i am a businessman in my in my you know daily life and i got to make <laughs> right. tough decisions based upon money it i'd be hard pressed to to not pump a whole lot of money into the modes that are going to make me a lot more revenue than those that don't you know it's not sure. to say i would be callous or cynical about it but i mean for crying out loud these new ultimate team modes didn't even exist five or six years ago and now they are making huge huge money so it, it's right it's easy to say oh ultimate team you know is they're just all about the money it's it's hard to ignore it if you're making these games you know and and i don't right. i don't fault anybody for trying to squeeze the most money out of their franchise they can I don't personally play them, and I just hope that doesn't translate into my stuff not getting any attention. That's you know right. that's where my concern. <laughs> yeah, that is that is that is definitely the the thing the you know the the elephant in the room. I think it's also um, guys, and, if I could jump in here, uh, I think it's also similar yeah, sure. to uh, college sports. I, I think another way to look at it, like the football team brings in all the money, but then they spread that money around. I think as consumers, that's what you hope is going to happen uh, with your favorite sports games. I think also if you look at listen to investor calls for these publicly traded companies, this revenue stream is something that they talk about, that they talk about wanting to expand for all publicly traded game companies. You know, this is a it was new. But if you're a publicly traded company, your investors want to see everything grow right every single year. So, you know, there has to be some sort of investment in that area. And you have a lot of people that are really interested in these modes. Uh, I, I, for one, haven't been able to get into it. I think we talked about it on your show, Rich. I don't know if it's an age thing with the different uniforms and the different players and why is this guy on this team? And, you know, I just, it's a little much for me, but I am going to look to try it. I know we're not talking about it yet, but I am going to look to try that in uh, MLB The Show. I figure I'm a I'm a, a bit distance okay. from baseball in a way that I'm not with football and basketball. So I said, hey, I'm gonna give it a try there and, and see if I can get into it. Probably not 
but I'm going to try. Okay. Rich, this is, this is a question that I've had, uh, in my brain for a while, uh, a while for you. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that I'm finally able to ask it. The sports franchise, and I'll ask this of, of you too, Nino, the sports franchise that no longer exists that you miss the most. Oh man, there's a bunch of them. I can only pick one. Yes. Can I give you my, uh, honorable mention and then pick one? Sure. Sure. Okay. So can, I yeah, don't have to do name one. Good. I like that. All, <laughs> All right. Right. Um, uh, honorable mention, uh, I guess number three on the list would be MVP baseball. The, okay. uh, the EA sports baseball game, um, in great, 05 great series was the pinnacle of baseball up until probably last year's version of the show. Nice. Um, Number two would be College Hoops 2K. I love that game. Okay. Loved. Not Coach K. Not Coach K. No. College Hoops 2K8. Oh, okay. The la- In fact, the last 2K college basketball game, I love that game so much. Um, nice. But number one would be NCAA football. I love college football. Yeah. And, um, man, I, I really I really think just, just like how Madden has turned a corner, college football was – they were turning the corner – when yeah. they got shut down. So those are, if I had to pick one, it'd be NCAA, but there, there's some good ones out there that, that aren't, aren't around anymore. Nino, what about you? Well, I don't want to get in, in, into a battle with you, Cicero. It is your show. I'm going to say NFL 2K. <laughs> <laughs> You've already professed your love and admiration for all things Madden. So I think we clearly understand where you stand. But uh, I'm going to say the NFL football series, I mean, 2K football series. I'm going to agree with Rich on MVP baseball. I am also going to say that the, uh, I'm going to lump them together. The college football game from EA. And the, the hoops is my number one mm-hmm. for two two K eight. Man, what I wouldn't give to play college hoops two K fifteen. What I wouldn't give to yeah. see that game and to play that game. I mean, I just I, I miss it. I miss college hoops really badly. And I was talking to somebody else that my love for actual hoops, college hoops, has waned since the college hoops games don't come out anymore. I don't watch it as vigorously as I once did, and I think it is linked to the to the video game aspect for me. The reason I miss it too is because I went to a small university called uh, Ryder University. And, oh yeah, um, right. you know, but it's a Division One A school. Like it, 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 right. it, you know, we play in the MAC, the uh, Metro Atlantic, and there was something amazing about being able to play my little Ryder University against you know Kentucky and Kansas and. Or, you know, just playing those small conference schools, seeing my gymnasium in Lawrence, New Jersey. Like, you don't get that in any other game. That's, that's another reason no. that I loved that game so much. Yeah. I, so, my list is a little bit different. Um, the NFL 2K series will not see anywhere near the light of day. Um, honorable mentions for me, the Topspin series. Good game. I, you know... I, there it, there never seems to be enough love for tennis in video games um but when they do them they're brilliant so i don't understand why there doesn't seem to be any love for that series microsoft bring topspin back and then the fight night series oh yeah um, you know boxing where have you gone mm-hmm. um hopefully hopefully with this new mega fight the Pacquiao money Mayweather fight. Um, maybe the 
first uh, pay-per-view that I purchased in, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, hopefully the love for boxing will be reinvigorated and we'll see that uh, reflected in, in video games at some point in the future. Um, and I hate to kill it for you, Stan. I don't think so, man. Boxing, I, people are sick of boxing. If, when you want to watch fighting, you turn on UFC, baby, yeah. and you get your $35 worth. But boxing, you know, I, I, boxing I'm, is a, I'm still an old guy. Boxing is a better video game. It's easier. Yes. yes. And it's more yes. accessible to people than UFC is. Yes. Yes. That's true. Definitely. That's true. Definitely true. Um, and, uh, you know, I still, I still enjoy, I, you know, I'm old school. I get UFC. I watch it. There's, uh, it's definitely entertaining. Um, but there's, a, you know, a top of the line UFC fight versus a top of the line championship boxing match. Uh, boxing wins every time with me. You know, every single time. It's so funny because I sound just like guys that were old men when I was a kid. But I'll say it anyway. Like when I was a kid, boxing was awesome. Mike Tyson. Right. Was there anything more fun than watching no. a Tyson fight? Oh man, he was. Oh. It was. It was a spectacle, right? Right. And when I was a kid, college basketball was astounding. It was the Big right. East. It was you know Patrick right. Ewing and Alonzo Mourning and right. and and uh, Chris Mullen and Walter Berry. Like yeah. you know. <laughs> Pearl Washington. I mean, it was all of these amazing players and, and, you know, college basketball is great, but it's now nowhere near as good as it was in the eighties yeah. or even the nineties and boxing. If it weren't for money Mayweather, I don't think anybody would know a single boxer. So, yeah. you know, it was just, those sports were better back then too, you know? And again, yeah. I'm the old man, but it's true. We're, we're all we're all the old men here. <laughs> it's, this is this is the bucket list podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but you know, so my my number one, much like everybody else, is NCAA NCAA football. Um, that was probably NCAA was probably my favorite sports game. Um, yep. When it when it came out, I, I you know I love two K. But there's there was something about and I loved NCAA even more than Madden. There was something about the pageantry yep. of of college football, the bands that they that that they yeah that they represented so well that EA and Tiburon represented so well in that game um, that just it just couldn't be matched in the pros. There was there was just there was always something missing in the pros and, and college football. Uh, really, really made that work. Uh, the question I have for you guys is, uh, uh, so now that we know what your favorites were mm -hmm. uh, that were gone, if you had to bring one of them back, which one would you be bring back, and do you think it will come back? Um, well, the one game I want to come back is not on my list. The one okay. game I want to come back is NFL 2K, so that people huh. will stop talking about it. And I don't even mean oh, that man. in a, I don't even mean that in a nasty way. <laughs> I mean nothing is better than that thing you can't have. So let's get that right. back, so we can have an objective discussion. Like sure. I'm not an anti NFL 2K or pro Madden. I want more football because more football is a good thing. Sure. Um, but that's that's the one I think that would make everything in our little slice of the world better. If there was Madden and a competitor to Madden, 
then the conversations around football video games would be completely different. I'm not saying they would be better, (laughs) but (laughs) they would be different. And you could at least have discussions about the pros and cons of both as opposed to the straw man of of 2K and, and people's, you know, in some cases, significant disdain for the Madden franchise. Yeah, so objectively, I will say that the Madden franchise was better than the 2K franchise. Um, that that is that is not opinion, but fact. So, <laughs> is my mic on? That I, and and you know what I I I oh, yeah your yeah. your mic your mic is on. I think oh, you just passed out. For and and go, can so. I just say to to Stubby Stan, who is clearly a Maddenite, you know that you know. Of course, Madden should have been better. It's been out forever. And that's the last thing we didn't talk about when I was on here last time and you jumped on your anti-2K football rant. Is that, you know, that game, is that 2K (laughs) was playing catch-up. It was trying to add features. So, of course, if you're used to having the whole ball of wax, you know what I'm saying, Madden is going to be much more, it's going to have much more to it. And I think that would be a reason why you may not see 2k football come back and this is just my personal opinion because there's so much ground to make up now mm-hmm. you know you need that iteration year in and year out and so people have a certain level of appetite for a football game like there are all these boxes that you need to be checked and you can't fill all those boxes sure. in two years trying to quickly put a game together so you know i don't i don't think that 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 hunger can be satiated at this point you know what I'm saying? I think they have effectively nullified competition. Yeah, that, it would. That's, that's a yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Rich. I'm sorry. I, I, I was just gonna say it would have been hard during the PS3 360 generation. Now moving to the PS4 and the Xbox One, and the significantly even more that you'd have to do now. I think I, I, I'm with Czar, man. I, virtually impossible unless you want to dump in ten million dollars of R and D for two and a half or three years before you even start to see revenue dollar number one. Sure. And, and, you know, and I was going to say, all kidding aside, uh, Zard, that was a, a, a very salient point, probably the most salient point you've made since you've been on the show. Uh, <laughs> 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 this, that, 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 I mean, if we, you know, case in point, you can look at the uh, NBA live series and, and see, and see the, the, the difficulty that they're having, uh, trying to match what what uh, you guys over at 2K are doing with the NBA 2K franchise and and I will say also that if we were going to compare apples to apples um where 2K is from a a technical uh playability and and fun factor standpoint is is probably a magnitude higher than where Madden is comparatively speaking to mm-hmm. where you know the difference between that and 2K um and 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 uh the difference between that and NFL 2K Madden and NFL 2K and the difference between NBA 2K and NBA Live NBA 2K is much much better uh than than the NBA Live series is so uh so again kudos to that's that's a um not a backhanded compliment but a front-handed compliment to the 2K team um, on on just the um, the amazing work you guys are able to do, uh, with the NBA 2K franchise year in and year out. Here, here. Um, 
Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, I am, I am stuck like glue to that damn franchise. I don't know how I can't quit you. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, so good, good work, good work to all you guys out there. So, so the, so what would be the franchise are that you would, that, that doesn't exist right now that you would want to see return? Man, uh, college hoops, man, uh, bring it back. I, and, and I say that as a fan of the series, you know what I'm saying? As a fan of college basketball and, uh, it just, the teams, the colors, the conferences, you know, it's just a, that, that legacy mode that they had there was so complete. There was so much to do. And I think, uh, one thing that, uh, one thing that, uh, that, that really captured me when I played that game was that the better teams had better players and those better players had access to better animations. So when you were playing at a small school and you get those guys, if you were able to recruit somebody that could really play, like you knew it immediately the first day in practice when you had them, you're like, oh yeah, you know, so I missed that. <laughs> I missed the journey aspect of it. So that's, so that's uh college, college hoops, yes. 2K. Yeah. All right. You know, it's not like you're, uh, Getting paid by the 2K series. Um, we'll, we, you know, we've got to, we've got to take, we've got to take Nino's recommendation with a grain of salt. Um, no, no, from, from, from whence it, whence it came. Um, but, but, but no, to be fair, again, that, that college basketball series. And that was the other thing that was great about college sports in general. And, and, and the, the thing that, that video game makers got right about college sports, which is when you get that guy and you recruit him to your school, whether it was in college football and you got that, that five-star recruit, that blue chipper, or if it was in college basketball and you got a blue chip, you know, that blue chipper two guard um, and you put him out there on the field or you put him out on the court, you knew you had a, you knew you had a special guy out there and and you know the, i mean there was nothing that made you prouder more proud than than to see that guy go out there and to know that all your blood sweat and tears all that that work doing the pitches and and trying to recruit him was worth it because man you know you guys are going to go up in the in the in the polls now rich do you think your game uh do you think that that well so you're you're saying no no NFL 2K will come back um, do you think that we'll see a return to college hoops in, in some, in some form or fashion? I think at some point we will see a college football make its return. I think, um, okay. I think college, now that the, I, I th now that everything is kind of settled down. Well, it's and, not and now. It's, I mean, I don't think we'll see it for a couple of years, but I think at, at some point in the generation of the PlayStation four and the Xbox one will, We'll see it because I believe that the top schools are going to form their own league and sort of do their own thing. And they're going to see video games as a revenue stream that is viable. And they'll sign some sort of contract that will allow everyone to get back into the game. But, you know, even saying that, you know, college football faces an uphill climb because they'd have to rebuild all the stadiums and rebuild all right. this. Like, they're not doing that. They didn't do that once the game got canceled. So it's not like they got a, a game sitting there under the covers waiting to get unveiled. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever see college basketball again simply because 
Um, I don't think there's a market. I don't think there's a big enough market for college basketball and for pro basketball. I mean, the college basketball games, if you remember, they used to come out like a week or two within NBA. And there right. just aren't enough people who were willing to plunk the money down for two. Um, and more people tended to go towards the NBA than college. Um, sure. So I think I think that makes it much more difficult it's probably an easier game to raise from the dead because you don't have to have these stadiums. You just have to have the arenas, you know, with the, you know, the paint and stuff like that. Right. Um, right. But, you know, I just think the economics of college basketball will make it. I don't think we'll see that. I think at most uh, or at best we'll see college football. You know, and that was that was one of the problems. One of the problems with with college basketball was that they released college basketball in time with the with the actual college basketball season. Right. But what they didn't realize is that most fans of college basketball don't care about the sport until February and March. That's right. During March Madness. That's right. It would be so wonderful if for 20 or 30 bucks we could get just an add-on, a March Madness add-on to the NBA 2K series and those one and done guys wind up in the draft for for the upcoming season. Um, that would that would be amazing. As you know, so right now in the GM mode, they already track players. Yep. In in the game, and you can scout them, and you can do all the other stuff. It would be so wonderful if we could play those those games with those players in the tournament. I'd pay thirty bucks for that a year. Yeah, are there enough people like you and me that would though? I don't know. I mean, one of the things that the guys who who produce these games, you know, not 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 the not the necessarily the guy like Nino, but you know, the guy who actually, you know, he he keeps his job if the profit margin is above X, and he loses right. his job if it's below Y. Um, <laughs> those guys are really smart at understanding mm-hmm. what sells and what doesn't. Um, they even tried to do a March Madness standalone college basketball game. It did not sell. Right. Um, I just, I think people love college basketball for four or five weeks in the year, and the rest of the time, everybody except the junkies doesn't know and doesn't care about it. And I think there's a direct right. correlate to video game fans. I just, it doesn't seem like there are enough people like you and me. I would pay thirty bucks for that in a moment. But I just, it doesn't feel like there's enough uh, people like us out there. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure they would do something. You know, they, it it just, it seems to me it's, it would be too easy for them to do it if, if there weren't clear red flags as to, you know, don't put your resources toward this, put it towards something that we have a much better feeling about. uh, We'll be able to recoup our investment and then make a profit. Hmm. Well, you know, that's, that is uh we're you know you you're talking about red flags and and they really understand that um we understand green flags we understand groove flags uh we're going to groove you over to our music break right now um this is spawn on me the spawn on me podcast episode 55 with uh our newly minted minister of physical education Nino Samuel and the one and only uh press row podcast leader and host Mr. Rich Grisham we're going to come out and let you boogie right now and then we'll be right back 
everybody welcome back to the spawn on me podcast this is episode 55 i am your host cicero holmes uh coming back from the music break with our boys the czar nino samuel and rich grisham i hope you enjoyed that music break that was my boys the boogie monsters with bronx bombers uh Shout out to the Bronx, shout out to Virginia Union University and Virginia State University, home of the Boogie Monsters, and Long Island, also home of the Boogie Monsters, and the Bronx, also home of the Boogie Monsters. Um, they're they're uh, my peoples. Uh, that was off of the uh, Riders of the Storm Underwater album, their very first album. Go check that out. If you can find it anywhere, it's 20 years old. It's uh, This was some 1% hip hop for you. Um, you, you won't get this, you won't get this anywhere else. I don't even know if you can find it anywhere else. Um, so I hope you guys really, really enjoyed that. And, uh, part of the reason that I use the Bronx bombers is because, uh, you know, it's almost baseball time. I am a Yankees fan. This is episode 55, also known as the Hideki Matsui episode. (laughs) Um, and, uh, (laughs) You know, hey, that's okay. We, you know, I'll, I'll I'll take those booze. I'll appreciate that hate. <laughs> the rest of Yankees Nation with our twenty seven championships will cry. Mm, yeah. Um, and, always uh, goes back to that with these Yankees. It, 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 it always it, goes back to that. You know, it it we <laughs> we're we're we are results oriented, <laughs> and and you know we have the best results. So that's you know that's really what it boils hey. down to, and uh, you know here it is. If you guys are listening to this episode on uh, the day that it airs, that is the first day that Major League Baseball MLB 15, the show, is available on the PS4. I have purchased my PS4 just to play the show. Nice. 
and uh, it is preloaded and ready to go. So I'll be able to play with my Yankees. Um, they won't probably won't be vying for a championship, but uh, you know, I'm I'm excited. I bought a system. That's to... right. That's right, snobby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, n- neither will your brave sir. But uh, you know, but I digress. <laughs> so, nor nor will Rich's Mets. <laughs> but that but, is truth. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm I'm super excited for this game. Um, you know, and and. One of the things that I was really happy about was was being able to get rich here so that we could talk about baseball um, again. This this game has always been a system seller for me. It is phenomenal. Um, and, you know, the exclamation point on it, of course, is the fact that that uh, Microsoft hasn't had a baseball game um, on their systems in three years now. 2K MLB 2K 13 I believe was the last one. Yeah, so that's well and then how does the how does the numbering work for baseball? It's the year that it was the year the current year is the year that it was released. So 13 was released in 13. Yes. So two years. Yep. So so, so it's it's been it two years. Feels like it just feels like longer. Feels like longer. It definitely does. Yeah, it definitely yeah. seems like longer. But uh, you know this the the show series is fantastic. I know that uh, Rich and myself we play it uh, really hardcore. Uh, Nino, do you are you a fan of the show? Uh, absolutely, man. As a fan of simulation sports, I think you have to play the show whether you're super into baseball or not. Uh, if you love uh, strategy, strategic elements, you have to be playing the show, man. It's an excellent game. Uh, that said, I didn't get as deep into 14 as I normally do. So I'm really looking forward to 15 okay. myself. Okay. Well, so so let's let's get into it. Let's uh, talk about, uh, you know, it's Tuesday now. You're listening to the Spawn on Me podcast, Rich, and you're you're cracking open. Um, if if you if you're not like me and don't download your game. And you're you're cracking open your case. You're entering. You're putting the disc in the drive, and it's installing. What what mode are you going to dive into first? What are you most excited to be doing with your new, brand new baseball game from San Diego, Sony San Diego? Well, the mode that I'm hoping to be excited about is online franchise, as oh, you know, and you both well know. Being able to play in a league with my friends is by far the most entertaining way for me to experience any sports game. And that's because I have, I'm have i part of a great community that, makes, um, that, that has the right amount of commitment, which is just enough to play <laughs> the games most of the time, you know, keep on a regular pace, um, and... Um, you know, have fun with it, right? So sure. online leagues, you know, back, and I know this is rambling, but back when I was almost kind of getting out of enjoying sports games, the fourth string community and leagues, the Madden leagues got me back in because I realized, oh my gosh, here's a bunch of people that play the game the right way. They don't right. cheese. They're just about having fun, but also having rivalries and stuff like that. So um, I want it to be that. And the reason I want it to be that is because last year, even though the online franchise struggled, I still found it amazing to be in this universe where three other of my friends 
had teams and we never played each other during the regular season, but just knowing I was playing in a franchise that had those other real people in it out there, it just felt so much more interesting. Um, Because baseball, unlike, you know, Madden and even unlike, you know, like NBA 2K or NHL baseball, the baseball season, 162 games, it is so difficult to try to play a complete, season much less multiple seasons and i'm also a maniac i don't like to sim games i like to play the games (laughs) right um so you know i'm i'm hoping that online franchise works um and not that i want to play that much online baseball but just because like i said being in a world where there's a few other people that are also in that world even though we're not playing head-to-head against each other all the time to me just makes it it much more fun so I'm, you know, when I first bust up in the game, I'm just going to, you know, head out to the diamond, play a few nine inning games, get a feel for for uh, what's, you know, sort of new on the field and what's not. But then hopefully very shortly after that, I'll be starting an online league with two or three of my buddies. And, and, and that's that's what I'm hoping to enjoy. <laughs> now, do you what's what is your confidence level? One to ten. That uh, you'll be <laughs> that your online service will work. Three, it's a three. <laughs> yeah, it's a three. And and you know I hate to sound cynical or negative right off the bat because MLB the show is an astounding game. It is wonderful. It right. just so happens that my favorite way to play it doesn't really work. So yeah, you know that that's a problem. Um, yeah, there. You know, and again Nino's here, so it sounds like I'm just kissing up to him. But if MLB the show offered a new take on its career or a newer take on its franchise and GM mode. I would probably be more excited about those, but for all of the wonderful things that MLB, the show does on the field and they are spectacular playing, playing this game on an HD television. Wow. I mean, it is just amazing from the animations to the physics, to the strategy, to you know, you'll come this close to doing it, but then you won't, but then you'll make a great play. Like, it's just, as a game, it plays so beautifully. But the package, the ways that you play the game are virtually the same that they have been for close to a decade. And you used to sort of be able to get away with that. And MLB The Show is probably the only game left that can kind of get away with that. But it feels, mm-hmm. from a mode perspective, it feels antiquated. Um, I could be wrong. Right? I mean, they could have improved online franchise. Maybe the new Diamond Dynasty mode totally you know, is awesome. And maybe Road to the Show has some new things to it that don't make it feel the same. I'm not counting on that, but you know, right. it's, it's certainly <laughs> possible. But the good thing is the game is so good. Right. I'm still going to go get it day one, and I'm going to be playing the heck out of it for a long time because on the diamond, wow, MLB the yeah. show, just so good, so so good. So Nino, what what are you going to be playing when you when you pop open your MLB 15 the show? Man, I, I like to. I, first of all, I'm going to beat your team senseless. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's going to happen first. And then after that, I I love the franchise mode, man. Uh, You know, I love the challenge of of going through preseason, figuring out who my guys are going to be, looking at my young guys, bringing those guys up, giving them. I like to try to let those guys try to make the team 
just that whole part of the journey sure. and then getting in the regular season and just kind of battling it out. Uh, I just enjoyed, I, I, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the slow ride of MLB the show because it's such a beautiful game and there's so much strategy from pitch to pitch, from inning to inning and just seeing, can I stay yes. mentally checked in to the game? You know what I'm saying? Can I stay in the moment? Yeah. And not drift off mentally and, and put myself in bad situations. Sure. Oh my, you are so right, man. That game will punish you for your mistakes. It yeah. will punish you. I mean, you got to be like Tony Larusa, man. You got to manage your lefties and your righty matchups. You got to get the right pinch hitter. You can't waste an out. You can't waste a pitch, man. If you if you're not on your game, like Nino says, man, you you are in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble, man. I- I'm I'm getting I'm getting so jazzed I want to start playing it right now. <laughs> um so for for me sports games are my RPGs. I you know I don't get a lot of time to play RPGs. Um you know there's a learning curve, there's a story involved, there's all these things and I just don't have the time that I that I'd want to invest in them. Um but I love my sports games and my sports games become my my RPGs. The NBA right now, the road to the—I mean, road to the show—the the my my player, the my career career mode and the GM GM mode. I, I mean, they are legitimate RPGs. I level my guy up. I'm getting different players, and for me, the road to the show has been that in baseball for me, and I'm really excited to play it again. I didn't play 14 last year, mm. so. Diving back into Road to the Show is is really going to be exciting for me. And the thing that I'm most excited about with Road to the Show this year, and, and, and you're probably right, Rich, that fundamentally it's going to be the same, which means that it's fundamentally the same Road to the Show mode that that has existed for the last seven, eight, ten years, um, which has been a fine mode, but mm-hmm. it is starting to get a little long in the tooth because it doesn't change Mm -hmm. the thing that that i'm excited about is um much like you know you kind of alluded to the grind of 162 game season with you know with one team or with one player you it's so hard to get through one season let alone multiple seasons um and if you're playing multiple modes or even if you're just playing road to the show um and you have a life you can't get through (laughs) a full year without simming, but now you'll be able to take your character from one iteration of the game to the next. And that really excites me. Yeah, it's huge. Um, my, I loved MLB 14, the show. I played it up until November. Sure. Like, press row, know, press row podcast game of the year. Sports game of the year. Absolutely. Um, my problem is that I played every the show since the show became a game. Like sure. literally, I've probably wow. reviewed every version of the show. And so I haven't taken a couple or two or three years off from road to the show. And I've just, I played it so much over the course of a few years that, you know, I'm just mentally like, I'm, I just, <laughs> I, I just don't want to do that again. The fact that, the fact that you could take your guy from last year to this year came like a year too late for me. Um, right. But a couple of things are making me, you know, let's just say the online franchise and online play continues to struggle. 
the one way that I could see playing a significantly more of the show is because they have this really cool thing called player lock. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah, yeah. But basically, you can be like, you know what? I'm going to play the first five or six innings, and I'm just going to take my at-bats with, let's just say, my first baseman, right? right? Or if I'm a Mets fan, I'm just going to take David Wright's at-bats for the first right. three, four, or five innings, and I'll sim the rest. And then around the seventh inning, I'm going to I'm going to stop just being David Wright, and I'm going to be the whole team again. Nice. Like things like that. There's no other game that gives you the ability to do that. Um, that was introduced last year, so right. I, I can. I could see sort of getting into the grind that way because that that doesn't take away my weird need to not sim, you know, or to play every <laughs> game. But it also doesn't mean that every game is a one-hour investment. And that's the other thing. Right. If you play a nine-inning game of the show, you're talking an hour minimum. Yeah. And now, granted, you know, the new suspend resume feature on the PS4 that just came yes, out. Yes, that makes just, that a little just more came viable. out. Yes. So – you know, there, there, are, there are more and more things that, you know, combined the platform and the game might make it more viable. Um, I've just played so much of the game that I, I, I'm, I'm just burnt out on the show and on, on Road to the Show. Excuse me, not the show, not burnt out, but I'm burnt out on Road to the Show. Um, my grind, is, I think, is going to be more around hey. just, you know, trying to take my Mets and just maybe win a wild card. You know, oh, there you go. Well, the, that's that's the same as winning a championship. That's right. Um, that is that is everyone else's championship wild card for the Mets. Now, um, <laughs> hopefully, you will also be able to upgrade uh, City Field. I mean, City Field. I mean, City Field, um, and and get some of the mold out. So, <laughs> um, that would be that would be wonderful to do as well. I agree. <laughs> um, now, uh, quick counts or no? Well, quick counts did not work for me last year. Um, it just seemed like too many O2 counts, too many 3-1 counts. You know, and in baseball, baseball is is about finding the groove, you know, right. especially hitting. I mean, there's nothing more difficult for me in any sports video game than hitting in MLB The Show. Yes. Even I can score goals in FIFA easier than I can than I can hit the baseball in MLB the show. I yes. played, I'm not even joking, at least 150 games last year. My last game that I played was the National League Championship Series of my online franchise. I lost in 5 games to the Rockies and I got shut out one nothing in game 5. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> 150 games in and I still can't hit. Are you kidding me? What is that's how good the game is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's so good that even though I'm terrible at it, I keep going. Right. <laughs> so quick counts really when you're trying to hit quick counts really gets you out of any sort of ability to work the count and try to get it to where like, okay, I'm going to take the first pitch. All right. Now it's one or no. Now I'm going to look for a fastball in this corner. Like, it just became a complete um, Russian roulette for me. So, sure, I'm more of a player lock than a quick counts guy. But it, you know, it's a cool feature. Like, it, you know, it's so funny. You know, if you remember when we were on our our game of the year episode, like everybody on Press Row had a very different experience with MLB The Show. Like right. everybody did something different. <laughs> How great is it that you can do that in MLB yeah. The Show? It can literally yeah. be six games to six different people. <laughs> uh, so, Nino, you. You kind of alluded to it before, uh, Diamond Dynasty. Uh, Diamond, yeah, Diamond Dynasty. Is that going to be uh, the first thing that you check out? That's their their version of Ultimate Team, their card game. 
Yeah, it, it won't be the first thing for me, but I'm, I'm interested to check it out to see if it, in a sport where I'm kind of twice removed, if I can get into the whole uh, uh, ultimate team type of deal. So I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, you know, it, it's not looking good, but it, I was excited to hear about some of the upgrades they made. And so, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm going to give it a shot. That's, that's the best I could do. Basketball, that's certainly out in football. <laughs> it's a little rough for me to get into those modes, but I'm trying to expand. I'm trying to expand my horizons. Right on. Well, so a couple of, a couple of other new things that they've added to the show is, uh, in the GM, in the, in the franchise mode, There'll be GM contracts similar to what you get in the GM mode in NBA 2K15 um, to add some R- RPG elements. Uh, there's a buzzword for you um, in into the game, and and we'll see. You know, we'll see what that has what that does. Uh, the, also, there's a radio show now. So while you're in the menus, uh, the the announce team will or there'll be a radio show that will tell you about things that have happened during the course of the season so that as you're navigating through the menus, you, you get updated with what's going on in your specific uh, franchise or road to the show in your career, um, which is, that's really cool. Uh, you guys interested in, in seeing that Nino? I am very interested in that. Uh, you know, for guys that are into really into sports games, you kind of go and find out that information for yourself. When games get to the point where they're presenting that information to you, because that's why you're playing. You want to feel like this is your universe, or if you're playing with friends, this is our universe. So you're you're playing, and you want to hear your stats thrown back when you had a great game, especially when in a game that is tough to hit. For me, I you know I struggle with hitting. Uh, I go into slumps uh, uh, quite often. So if I you know if I hit for a cycle or something, I want to hear about it, and that that's very exciting. Right. And I don't think games can do that enough. I don't think they can broadcast what you're doing and what's happening around the league enough. Rich, uh, what what are you what are your feelings on uh, the radio presentation? Do you think that's something that you're going to be paying attention to a month, two months down the line? Well. I say no, but not because I don't think it's a great idea and not because I don't think it will be well implemented or people won't appreciate it. I say things like this all the time. I, I never profess to speak for anybody who likes video games because I know that I'm sort of a weird dude. But one of the things that I do <laughs> is I play most of my sports video games on the treadmill. Okay. Like. I'd say 80% of, of the sports games that I play is on the treadmill. Now, obviously, when I'm working on a game for review, I don't. Or when I'm playing, you know, a big game in, in NBA 2K15 like my playoff series right now, I'm not. <laughs> but for the most part, I play on the treadmill. So what that means is when you're on the treadmill, you're not listening to the audio. You're not listening right. to the commentary. Like people complain about Madden commentary all the time. I'm like, I don't even know what they're talking about. I don't listen to it. You know what I mean? Like, so for me personally, that's not a big deal, but I know that I'm in the vast minority about that because people love to talk about how great the commentary is or how bad the commentary is in these games. People talk about sure. how they want halftime shows and stuff. I'm like, who wants a halftime show? I mean, I want to play the game, not a halftime show. You know what I mean? Like, so certain things matter to certain people that don't matter to me. So audio, while I can appreciate it, and I know it is a significant investment of time and resources, not just to get it, but then to match the audio up, like that's a huge thing. So right. not for me personally, um, but, uh, you know, I know that it's, you know, they're doing it for a reason, right? People have told them 
that they want this kind of stuff. So I'm definitely interested to see how it is and what it, what it offers. Sure. I mean, the, the, the thing about uh, sports video games is people, people, you know, you can watch sports. You can see sports on TV. You know what that looks like. Um, and recreating that in, in the digital form helps with the immersion. And, and it's if it works well, then people are fully immersed. They're fully into that experience because they've seen it, you know, every Sunday when it comes to football or every Thursday, you know, when it comes to basketball, what have you, um, or every day when it comes to baseball. And if you can, if you can successfully do that in a, in a video game, you've got people, you've got people locked. You've got them, you know, you've got them hook, line and sinker. And if, but if you do it, just wrong or if it's if the you know my my concern with the radio shows is the amount of variety that they're going to have um you know is it going to be is it an hour's worth of audio is it two hours is it three hours um you know and how long are those radio shows are they a minute long because if they're a minute long then then you know that's fine and you probably won't get a lot of repetition and, and, you know, things that are popping up. But if it's three or four minutes long, maybe, you know, you may wind up hearing the same things over and over again. So, well, it's finite, right? Like no matter yeah, what, right. you can only record so much audio and sure. Every season that goes by, the audio will be less and less and less real, you know, relevant because players that you can catch audio on for now won't be there in a year and two years and three years and four years. Right. So I admire the effort. And even if they do the best possible job, and I have no doubt that they will do a fine job, eventually it will either be not, not relevant or repetitive, no matter what, right. um, sure. you know, th th there's just no, no way to get around that. Um, yeah. You know, with text, you can sort of put in variables that will, you know, 15 years from now, when you got a bunch of guys that aren't players, you can still have their names and stuff in that. But um, when it comes to audio, I mean, even NHL, right? If you guys remember NHL 15, one of the big things right. this year was they would have the real Mike Emmerich and the real Eddie Olchick introduce the game. And right. it didn't take more than about three or four games when you realize, wow, they only got like 15 <laughs> of these, you know? Right. So... It's just it's it's a tough thing, you know. It, it's it, it's a it's 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 tough. It, you know, it's admirable, but at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do with stuff like that. I would I would love to see, um, you know, with the technology that we've had that we have now, I would love to see dynamic commentary. That's dynamic AI commentary. Um, if if you guys know about Roger Ebert before he died. There was a company, you know, he had cancer of the jaw and he had to remove his jaw. It was really terrible. But uh, there was a company that came in and took his audio. They took like 20 years of, of his audio from at the movies and they were able to dynamically create his vo create words for him a la, uh, you know, Stephen Hawking using his voice on the fly. Um, I would love to see some type of technology like that utilized in, in sports video games when it came to commentary. And I think that would 
help to eliminate some of the repetitiveness that that you know and you know at, at a certain level I'm, I mean basically that's what happens we, you know you got the prompts and and then the prompts they throw the prompts in and they you know and then and they use uh use everyone's words um people aren't just speaking full lines you know full sentences and they're grabbing the sentences and, and plugging them in um they're all audio cues but it would be great to see them use dynamic you know use dynamic uh AI hey, architecture hey, to create create this commentary that could almost go on ad infinitum. Let me let me ask let me ask um, Nino a question, and I, I'm sure. sorry for interrupting you, but oh no no, you know we we touched on this a little bit when we spoke, but what if we flipped it around, right? Like everybody thinks that they want, and I'm obviously making a broad statement that is, as soon as you say everybody, you realize, you know, it's completely false. But let's just say for argument's sake, everybody (laughs) thinks that they want their video game to be a replication of a television broadcast. But video games have the ability to put you in a situation that you otherwise would never experience. What if instead of worrying about television commentary, what if instead you're just the head coach? And during the game, you're interacting with your players and you're in, uh, interacting with your assistant coaches. You're like, how many timeouts we got? Okay, good. He's got how many fouls on him? You know, the guy comes off the court. You give the opportunity to be like, good job, or are you kidding me, or something like that. Like, to me, I would love it if we could take this thing that we have now and get out of the mindset of it's got to be just like TV and commentary and actually put people into the game in a way that because when you're playing a game you're controlling what's going on on the court you're like a coach just you have more control Nino is that crazy or I mean are we chasing after this TV thing and perhaps not chasing after what would really blow people's minds yeah I think maybe we're not uh, seeing the trees for the forest you know we can't see or see the forest for the trees in in that Mm -hmm. aspect but I also think it's the consumer is really driven by wanting to have that experience that they see on TV. You know what I'm saying? And because of that, I think yeah. somebody would have to go out on a limb and do it and then see it and say, oh, man, this is what yeah. I didn't know that I wanted. Right. But I, right. I don't know who's going to be first to jump off that ledge and say, we'll lead the charge and, and, and attempt that. Like for me, what you're saying, because this is the second time you and I have talked about that, and it's grown on me every time we talk about it. I'm like, you know what? There's really <laughs> is something to that. But I also think that once you announce something like that, that the level of of infantile screaming you would hear before the game got released and they had a chance to to yeah. test it, <laughs> it, it would be astronomical. And if I could run back to Stubby Stan real quick, uh, I would like to say that, you know what? Sure. I would like time travel, but we're not going to get that anytime soon. And neither are we going to get 20 years <laughs> worth of commentary <laughs> from somebody so that we can piece things together. And, and this is one thing that bothers me, not bothers me, but well, concerns me, is that if you watch, and, and, and this is in reference to people talking about uh, commentary in video games gets repetitive. If you watch your favorite sports team play every single day, you're going to hear the same thing over and over and over again. But somehow, in the video game universe, it's supposed to be different. That's not how it works. You don't have the the national broadcast team covering every single game. But when you watch your local news show, they say the Stacey King says the same thing about the Bulls every single night. (laughs) (laughs) 
right. That is true. I right. can vouch yes. for that. Yes, yes. Homer, Homer King, Homer <laughs> King, and the Homer Bulls broadcast. They they definitely say the same thing. However, the the brilliantly articulate Walt Cl- Clyde Frazier, oh, he's swishing edition. Yeah. And can somebody tell his brother th- everything don't have to run? I just just please <laughs> oh, somebody. No. Oh, and that is where you're wrong. <laughs> The 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 Knicks are bounding and astounding. <laughs> he hasn't said that for a long time. No, no, he's he's he's. Uh, I don't I don't know what rhymes with deplorable. Horrible. <laughs> horrible, right, horrible and deplorable. And deplorable. <laughs> oh um, man! So yeah, so it, it, the thing is with that kind of stuff. The reason I say those things um, is because, much like the six million dollar man, we've got the technology; <laughs> we can rebuild it. So, <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> you know, it's funny. My favorite way to play uh, the games nowadays is to turn the commentary off. Not necessarily because the commentary is bad, right? But I feel more immersed when I hear the crowd. And I hear sure. the sound of the umpire, especially in MLB the show. Like the the right. the yes. sound of the ballpark and of the umpires and like they have a bunch of little tiny nuances. Like you will be playing the Cubs versus the Reds in May, and you'll hear somebody say, Come on, Cubbies, we just need two more runs. It's like, wow. <laughs> that to me is a lot more impressive than hearing, you know, the the play by play say for the fourteenth time. All right, it's a two and one count. Right. You know, and, and I, you know, NBA Live, a lot of people love to hate on NBA Live, but I'll tell you this, their arena sounds are spectacular. And when I play NBA Live, I turn off the commentary and I listen to the crowd, and that crowd is into it. When it is late in the game and it is close, that crowd is stomping and, and screaming. And when they're, you know, once 15 point blowout, the crowd could care less. Like, I, I think that's another reason that, you know, I'm, I'm not as hung up on commentary because the games do such a great job of giving you the other sounds that sometimes the commentary just gets in the way. Frankly, I think the commentary gets in the way in real TV, too. Like one of my favorite things is like when when a commentary recognizes like the deal and like somebody hits a big shot and they just shut up for twenty seconds. I love that. Nice. Same thing yeah. in a video game. Nice. Well, so I I want to move on to another story. I, you know, I'm really excited for MLB the show. You guys are playing. Make sure you find me on the PlayStation Four and PSN Network. Stubby underscore Stan. Um, I'm there. We can we can play some baseball. I will. Uh, Pitch a perfect game with Tanaka. Can I just say? And, uh, you know, <laughs> not show, hard. Show you. That, yeah. That's that's a lot easier than it probably should be online. That's right. Sure. <laughs> exactly. Hey, before we switch, uh, I wanted to ask Rich something, sure. if you don't mind. Rich, do you think yeah, no. that uh, because the show is a baseball game, that it gets more of a free pass for its online issues than other sports games? Yes. It does. Did you say why does it get a free pass, or does it get? Do you think? Do you think it does? Oh, it definitely does. Um, and it does because of its history, and I think it also does because it's doesn't. It's not centered around online. Hmm. Um, you know, the the baseball has never been big online, right? It's just of of all of the big time sports games, it it has 
never been the focus. And, you know, unlike Madden, which is all about online and ultimate team, unlike NBA 2K, which is, you know, a heavy online component to it, just not only with the VC, but, you know, with my park and, you know, there's just a lot of online stuff. The MLB, the show, there's basically there's head to head. And then last year for the first time there was online dynasty. Most people that have played the show don't play it online. And because of the years and years and years of that and, you know, people's expectations being set that this game is not meant for online and the online experience, like, again, a baseball game takes an hour, hour and five minutes. Like, a lot of variables have contributed to it to where people almost don't even care about online in MLB The Show. Those that do care passionately, and I hear from them all the time because they hate me because it won Sports Game of the Year with terrible online. <laughs> but um, it gets more of a pass because it's history and the nature of the game um, has online as a much less of a focal point than really any of the other big time sports games. The online component of baseball is uh, is something that's always in flux and also in flux. Uh, this is called a segue, guys, or at least it was until I said something about it. <laughs> um, also in flux is uh, this question that comes up a lot, in, at least in my brain. Um, I've heard it mentioned a couple of times on the Press Row podcast, and we even talked about it very briefly when uh, when Nino was here the very first time, and that's games as a service, um, specifically sports games as a service. Um, yep. You know, one of one of the things that uh, you know, Richie, you kind of alluded to the fact that that you're you're tired of playing certain modes in in the show because it's the same thing year after year. The modes don't really see a lot of change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, one of the ways that you could be safe from that is if these games migrated over to some type of subscription-based service. Yep. I know, Nino, I'll, so I'll, what, what I'll do is I'll start by asking you again, Nino, what your thoughts on games sports games as a service and uh you know how you feel about that and then you know we'll go around the table and kind of unpack it if you will okay um i still am not a believer that this will work for sports games i think the the cyclical nature of the sports game industry has trained users to expect what i call the new coat of paint every year uh, sure. You have those, those those guys that make a lot of money on YouTube, have millions of people following them. Uh, you know, there, there's a cyclical nature to the whole thing. The game comes out, they talk about this, they talk about that. And I just don't know how guys are going to feel essentially getting patches, you know what I'm saying, throughout the year uh, uh, for eternity. I just don't think it has the same pop that it does when a game drops or has that same level of excitement. And I... You know, I just, I don't see how it could work, really. You know, I, I understand some of the benefits of it, uh, but I just don't see people really being that into it. You know, of course, people would like to see a game e- continue to evolve, continue to improve. But, it, you know, I, I don't know. I sure. think that incubation period is necessary for good development. So you have things you're trying, things you're, you're experimenting with, and then you have a deadline when, you know, you have to start to push these things together. How would you do things where, you know, you're, you're, 
kind of rolling things out or, you know, like some companies have like a three-year plan or something like that. How does that get affected when you're releasing stuff every couple months? How much is good enough? You know what I'm saying? Can we, can you release test stuff out there just to see? Is it going to be more like a beta program? So I, I don't think sports gamers are really ready for that. I think they think they are, but I think they will miss having that excitement of the games about to drop. You know what I'm saying? Just like we are right now. We can't wait till Tuesday because there's a lot of new stuff coming at us. It's going to be a fresh experience, at least initially. And uh, I think we need that as sports game. Sure, sure. Now, Rich, you know, there, there a game released last year by the title of The Golf Club. Yep. Was uh, kind of bare bones when it released. Mm-hmm. And as, you know, uh, almost 10 months, 10 months since it, since it released, it's almost a brand new game from 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 the from the title that was uh you know a digital only download yep uh back in in june do you would you like to see more of these sports titles kind of adopt some things from the golf club and 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 become more of a service or are you more like nino where where the the new can of paint really excites you and and think that's the way that we should uh, consume our games. Okay. Um, I'll preface this by saying that Nino makes games and he knows what he's talking about and I don't make (laughs) games. Therefore I don't know what I'm talking about. So with that, with that as a, as a preface, um, I feel that it is inevitable for all video games to be a service. It might not be in a couple of years. Um, It will be by the next generation, no doubt. A lot of things have to change for that. Contracts have to change right now. The the contracts that uh, you know 2K and and EA have with the various leagues. So you got to come out once a year. You got to have a full retail price, right? But that's based upon you know a business model that is antiquated and 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 different. Um, sure. Nino is one hundred percent right that we are trained to expect a new game and a new coat of paint. Uh, but people can easily get retrained when something better happens. Uh, we've seen it with television we've seen it with phones we've seen it with business software uh you know if you're in the business world you don't buy software and then load it onto your servers and distribute it out in in on discs to people anymore no you go to a website and that's what you do that's how you do your email it's how you do your payroll it's how you do your sales it's how you do everything um it's going to happen. It's already happening. The golf club is a great example of it. I don't have any inside information, but I firmly believe that the new EA PGA Tour game coming out is going to be a bit of a hybrid where it's going to be somewhat of a service. I think the traditional league-based games are going to be the last to do it. I don't, you know, I, I do build software for a living in my day job. I know how incredibly difficult crunch time is. I know how hard it is to hit a deadline when you've got finite resources. I also know that virtually every new game that launches is broken on day one. So let's stop all that nonsense and let's have a platform that we're consistently adding to. Let's not just have the new rosters in the fall, but let's have the ability to much more rapidly deploy stuff that's going on in the league and make it happen. Like NBA 2K does an amazing job with NBA today of getting like today's lineups and stuff like that. But let's take that to another level. You know, let's introduce, you know, new active ways to play the game. Let's constantly improve things. And instead of having to be a patch on the core thing, let's just constantly make improvements. And then you want to have a big release once or twice a year. That's fine. I just, 
you know, I, I think that the, the foundation has already been set. And I think that if, if you're able to pull consumers and developers out of the mindset of it has to be every year, you'll actually wind up getting better games. Consumers will pay more money because when they're actively engaged, they'll spend more money. Um, sure. You look at games like League of Legends and Dota, right? I mean, right. Th- these are services. Um, I just, I feel that over time, we will all be retrained just like we've been retrained in a lot of other ways. Again, it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to be NBA or Madden. It's going to be golf. Then it might be tennis. You know, it'll be the games where there's no need for a roster update every year or rules changes, right? You know, they're talking about new right. new extra point rules in the NFL next year, for example, you know. And, right. You know, Which if, are if, terrible. If, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or if the NBA, you know, um, David Silver's talking about doing like the European leagues, doing a little in-season cup or something, which will also never happen. But – Right. The the major sports leagues will be the last, but I, I somebody's going to do it and they're going to get it right. And they're going to be like, wow, our developers are able to plan and execute better. We're able to make regular updates. Um, we're not in constant crunch mode for the last three months of development cycle. And I think it's going to happen again. Right. Well, Nino does this for a living and he knows and I don't. So I will start and end right, with that right. same sentiment. <laughs> So to at, at a certain level, uh, the golf club is doing that right now. What grade would you give them in terms of their game as a service? I would give them an A. Okay. Because I always want to check in and see what's going on. I'm like, oh, whoa, they mm-hmm. just added this new thing. Oh, my friends are checking that out. Let me hop in and do it. Now, I give them an A because of the way that they're doing everything. I'm not saying the game is perfect, right? But as far as saying, you know what, we're going to do this differently. We're going to buy. We're going to make you buy this once, and then we're going to upgrade this for a year or two. We might charge you for some stuff. We might charge you not charge you for, with some other stuff. Um, but I would say, given what they're doing, given their resources and 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 um, you know, independence and no licenses, I give them an, an A. Absolutely. Hmm. Uh, Nino, have you have you played the golf club? I, what's your what's your handicap? I have not. I have not played the golf club. Uh, I've heard good things about it. I know a lot of guys on our team play it, um, so I haven't played it. Oh, terrible! You gotta get your golf game up. No, you play no, uh, fake fake Augusta National. <laughs> Almost Augusta, but, you know. And I'll ask you this question, right? Has the golf club changed your expectations for the new EA PGA Tour game coming out in June? Yeah, it, it absolutely has. Me it absolutely too. has like the 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 golf club is a game that came out was it forty bucks, and yep. and really presented it was I mean first off it was it was tough as hell yes um I I think I think uh Owen Owen came on and he's not a fan no. uh, he was talking about it on your show and he is not a fan of of that game and I can completely understand why oh yeah. Um, because it's 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 just it it was so bare bones when it first uh, released, but it's not that way now. And so, if someone came in today and bought the golf club, their interpretation or or their their impression of of the golf club is completely different from someone who who purchased it day one. Yep. And uh, I mean that's that's the wonderful the wonderful uh the wonderful piece about it, it it's it's very similar to um outside of the sporting world uh titanfall mm-hmm. if you if you bought titanfall day 1 yeah and and now you know a year later 
are playing Titanfall, it's a completely different game, a much, much better game. Um, so my expectations, well, first off, I wasn't too happy with EA's presentation of their new PGA game from the E3 demo, focusing on wacky battlefield, <laughs> battlefield golf crossovers and playing, you know, non mini golf, mini golf with, with battleships crashing into, uh, into islands was not what I was looking forward to in my simulation golf game. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested in seeing what Rory McElroy's PGA tour, no year number mm-hmm. really, really, really gives us. And, uh, and hopefully, hopefully it does have a, a larger tail. Um, you know, that it sounds like without, not giving it a, a a numbered year gives them the space, the latitude to to iterate on the game without actually coming out with a sequel um, and and, you know, give it a longer tail. So maybe we'll be able to see some really new and innovative things within within the within that title. So that'll that'll be it'll be interesting to see when that that game releases. Uh, is it next month now? June. Or did they not? June. Yep. There's no hard okay. date yet, but it's June. Okay. Okay. So, um, which, you know, yeah, I guess that's when it is. June. June it is. So, June. June and then August and then uh, twice in September and then twice in October. Uh, that's that's your sports time. Yep. Get ready for that's it. That's right. Um, <laughs> so, um also, also on the docket today, um, no, no real good way to segue from from that to this is uh, the game Rust. Um, it's it's a PC title, a Daisy clone. Instead of in in this dystopian future, instead of having zombies, you just have the elements, and you can drown, and all sorts of weird things can happen. Uh, it they've decided that one of the weird things that can happen is there is no longer a character creator. They will create your character for you and will decide, uh, including what your race will be when you, when you log into the service for the very first time. And like real life, you can't change your race unless you have vitiligo. You're Michael Jackson. You That's ignorant. Um, but, um, yeah, so the, the story, there's a story out of Kotaku, um, about how Rust is, uh, tying your, your character, your character will be created and it'll be tied to your Steam ID and you can't change it. And, uh, people are, are feeling lots of different ways about that. Um, the fact that, that you may be a white person um, in in real life and then go to log into the game and you're a black person. Um, it's it's very interesting. Um, did you guys get a chance to read this article? What do, what do you think, uh, Nino, about the fact about having people um, have their race and and I guess at some point soon your gender also chosen for you? 
I, I thought it was interesting. You know, there there are two things. I don't know if I'll get to both of my points, but initially, race, video games, internet, what can go wrong? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, so there, there's that whole thing. You know what I'm saying? But then on the other side of it, I mean, I you know, I'm a father, man. I, I have nine kids. It's important for my kids to see themselves. You know what I'm saying? Sure. They, if they play a lot of games, I, I, you know, I love it when they can see themselves. My daughters can make people that look like them and they go out and play. So from, from the standpoint of maybe some people getting the chance to think about what it's like to put in a game or to get a game and you can't look like yourself. You know what I'm saying? I think that aspect is kind of cool. Maybe some people will think about that because there's some games where I or my daughters or my sons cannot look like themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like right. there's, it's right. not an option. You put in the game right. and the hero is whoever he or she is. So from that standpoint, I think it's kind of cool that, you know, maybe somebody will think about it. However, entertainment, you know, is a little different, I think, in that people choose which forms of entertainment they want to consume right and so mm -hmm. to 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 introduce this in something that somebody is paying and choosing to have happen to do that for them i think that presents some interesting uh situations where whereby hey i paid for the game i want to look however the hell i want to look you know what i'm saying like th this right, is my game right. i'm choosing to be entertained in this manner so that may not be the best situation for some type of social discourse or what have you. So that that's what I think. I think it's it's interesting. Richard, are are you running out and jumping out to uh to get rust and and play rust racial roulette? Well, you know that's the <laughs> You know it's funny and again I I try to to preface things that I say by saying I'm not trying to speak for anybody but me, but I don't ever spend any time in my character creator. I would prefer there not be a character creator in a game. Um, mm -hmm. I want to get in. I want to play the game. And it's not because I'm like, you know, some moral high ground dude. I don't see color. I'm, you know, the greatest person. <laughs> well, it's just like I want to play the game. Like, I just want to, right. you know, if I'm black, if I'm white, if I'm a guy, if I'm a girl, I just want to play the game. Now, obviously, some games, you know, it doesn't make sense. Um you know, like or like in a game like Mario Kart, like my my son and my nieces play Mario Kart all the time. And my nieces love the fact they get to be like the Princess Peach or, you know, some of the sure. you know, so like that's awesome. Right. But for me, if I go play a game like Rust, I'm like, all right, new game, boot character creator. I'm like, I just pick the default character and I go like, I don't care. I just want to play the game. And I, you know, I'm a white guy. Right. So. Right. Whether, you know, people like to admit it or not, like the a majority of, of games over the history of game development have sort of either catered to me or Japanese dudes, right? Like there was a, <laughs> there was a lot of that. So right. I don't have the same situation that, that other people do, but I really just, you know, I'm not into... Uh, I, I'm not into this. I don't customize my character. Like I don't put a special hat on my dude. I just, I get in and I go. So it's more of a practical thing than anything else. <laughs> so uh, the thing that that really struck me with this article was uh, that the the lead from Russ Gary Newman really kind of you know he he it, it was almost like he was listening to our show um, where he they intentionally did this and 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 said hey in in real life you're born how you're born and you can't change that and you know we 
we're starting out kind of basic right now with with uh with this with the the hues and the facial features but as we continue to update the game and i think it's still officially in that uh pay for it beta realm uh that that steam that is kind of pro, uh, proliferating steam right now and uh as they as they continue to get better and better with their technology that the skin tones and the facial features will be unique so, so much so that you won't need like that your your actual your your uh your screen name will become redundant because people will be able to tell who you are just from your just from your face and i think that's a little that's a little hyperbolic mm, yeah. um Peter and, Molyneux uh, action you know, going on. A, a little Peter Molyneux speak. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, 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 uh, but I, you know, I like what they're, I like what they're attempting to do. Um, and, uh, there was, there was an interesting thing that someone wrote. Um, I'll read it really quickly. Um, a, a fan of the game. And he says, I actually really like the whole, you are who you are and not being able to change his own appearance idea. I'm a bald sub-Saharan African. Not sure how to say it politically correct. You know what I mean. Uh, this is certainly not what I would look like if I could change my appearance. But let's face it. If we could change it, we would all be white, tall, muscular, Caucasian males, probably with impressive beards. I can't wait for more skin and hair tones and races. And of course, females. Would be cool, though, if we could change some parts of our appearance. Like hairstyles, craft a scissor, hair color, find and craft color and dye your hair, or if we could apply tattoos. You know, the the fact is, and I've I've been talking about this for a while. It it would be great for people, and and Gary Newman kind of says the same thing. That would be great for people. Uh, you know, for a white guy in his thirties, um, to play as a black person. And realize that, hey, he's a black person. And then, you know, maybe when he puts the controller down or, he, you know, he steps away from the keyboard, when he sees a black person out in the street, instead of instinctively wanting to cross the street um, and get away from him, maybe he just stays on the sidewalk on the same side of the street because that person doesn't look as strange to him anymore as he spent four hours earlier in the day cosplaying essentially as as a black person in in this game that he loves um and you know and that that is potentially a very very helpful thing um to to help people understand that we're not as different as uh as you know our skin tones or our, you know our sounds or music or culture would would lead you to believe um so that's 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 what I'm that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm hoping to see going forward in life in the world. We can sing kumbaya <laughs> and uh, you know. Eat yeah, some I think together. that's a, that's the you know yeah. that that would be the ideal thing. You know what I'm saying? That could happen and, and kind of come out of that. Uh, I think anytime we can have people get together and uh, have some open discussions about anything, I think you find out that people are people. There's somebody sure. just like you in another skin tone, right. 
some way around the world. They think like you. They like the things you like. They hate the things you hate. And just start dealing with people as people. And the more we do that, the more other people see other people do that. Right. I think the better off we'll be. And I think the I think the good people like Stubby Stan and Rich and myself, we have to just flat out populate the bad people. That's what it comes down to. We have to make more people and make them good people they, they, and send them out into this world to do the best job that they can do. Right. I mean, all right. Well, there you go. We can we can uh, be like the Jackson Five, and in the Can You Feel It video, <laughs> start shooting out rainbows, giant be giants in sequins outfits, shooting out rainbows, and then making people feel it. I like it. <laughs> I mean, one of the best. You know, it doesn't matter. Like you know, a good book, a good video game, a good movie is good no matter what. Like I had right. As much fun. I, I was as interested in The Godfather as I was in New Jack City, right? I mean, it was just a good yeah. story with interesting characters and, and and a whole bunch of real stuff going on, whether they're, you know, bl- black guys in, in the city or, you know, Sicilian guys in, in the old country. You know, right. like one of my favorite games ever was uh, GTA San Andreas, right? And, and I could not sure. relate at all to the main character. But if that was a five foot nine, one hundred seventy pound white dude, you know, playing San Andreas, that wouldn't have made sense either. It was cool being put in that position, um, right? You know, so many games are great because not of the character that you want to be, but the character that you are, and that's that's where I think video games do a better job of anything, uh, any medium, in making you experience the world the way that the character experiences it, whether or not you choose what they look like or not. So. I um I think this is great and um you know hey look people say it all the time right? if you don't like it don't play the game I just think it's a great experiment and I, I like that they're doing it there it is look at that Rich Grisham dropping pearls of wisdom <laughs> sound bites for your ass put them on a t-shirt Rich Grisham <laughs> and you know and I think that's a perfect way to end the show sound bites for your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Um, Rich, thank you so much for coming to visit Bricago and uh, hanging out with us and talking sports and talking other things and uh, just being the fantastic, fabulous guy that you are. Um, I hope you had a great time. I did. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I I loved it. And hopefully uh, I get to be like the czar and be, uh, you know, get to be a, a returning uh, champion one of these days. There, there we go. There we go. And we, you know, we'll, uh, there will, oh, there are always spots in the Bricago cabinet for, for, uh, for non guests. Love it. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. Um, Rich, so for people that have never heard you before today, mm-hmm. uh, tell them where they can find you and, and the Press Row podcast. Pimp your stuff. Yeah, well, uh, the Press Row Podcast, it is the sports video game show. Just Google it up. It's on iTunes. It's <laughs> on uh, Stitcher. It's on Audio Boom. It's hosted uh, every Friday on Operation Sports. There you will find us. And uh, if you like sports games even a little bit, uh, I think you'll enjoy the show. We try our best to keep it new and fresh and entertaining every week. So that's where you go. Thank you. Nice. Nice. Hey, Stan, uh, Rich might as well said, Rich might as well said, here's the deal. I'm the best there is. 
I wake up in the morning. (laughs) I piss excellence. Sexual chocolate. Sexual chocolate. And he does does the move, and then he just walks off the screen, drops his mic. That boy can say, "Rich, done." I didn't know. I didn't know that for Halloween, Rich Christian was Randy Watson. Uh, Nino, uh, thanks so much for playing Khalif this week. Um, you, you are a, a much better sounding Khalif. Um, your laugh is more robust. Your points are more salient. You're, you're, you're much more effervescent than, than Khalif Adams. Um, I, I'm just going to say that cause he'll be able to hear this beforehand. He'll probably edit, try and edit it out. Um, but no, it's going to go up. Uh, Nino, thanks so much for, uh, for coming in and, and, uh, guest hosting with me. Um, as always, it's been a pleasure, brother. Why don't you tell, uh, the people where they can find you, um, talk about some nation, go ahead and, and plug it away shamelessly. Shamelessly. Well, I thank you. And, and I don't care what your mama told you, man. Listen, flattery will get you every place. All right. <laughs> hey man you can find me uh on twitter at Dazar d-a underscore c-z-a-r uh i'm always at operation sports if you like sports games and you want to you know leave feedback and you want to know if devs read that you know we read that there you can find me on twitter we have our sim nation uh uh a sim hangout we call it on fridays at 10 p.m on youtube just search uh precise 40 that's my YouTube address there, and you can find us there talking uh, video games and bas- we say basketball, video games, and life. Uh, and uh, nice. thank you to all of Brocago, man, for having me back. Uh, I-, I have to be honest with you, man. Kalita does such a great job that I, I was a little nervous, you know what I'm saying, as far as uh, trying to come in and, and-, and-, and kind of go back and forth with you a little bit. Kalita does a great job. I just wanted to tell him that they do have ankle braces on sale at Walmart, two for 20, brother. Get you some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he may need a few <laughs> keep some in reserve <laughs> thanks for having um, me man it's been great oh uh, it, again it was it was our pleasure and uh you know now you've got a job so you know as the minister of physical education you got to make sure you keep you know you keep the kids fit keep them keep them edu- educated in their physicalness well, you know, we're going to make uh, so, it do what it do, baby. Right. There it is. There it is. So, uh, yeah. So I'm going to give our social media business and our social media business is as follows. Uh, the great captain who is missing, but uh, gone but not forgotten. Kali Adams is at Kaja Ken's. Me, uh, your host this week, the fumbler and stumbler of words. Cicero Holmes, I am at Stubby Stan. The show is at Spawn on Me. The site is at Spawn Point Blog. Uh, make sure you follow us on uh, uh, Facebook, like our Facebook pages, the Spawn Point Gaming Blog and Spawn on Me Podcast. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud and Player FM and then any of your favorite podcast aggregators. Like, subscribe, uh, rate the show, tell your friends, tell your baseball fans, uh, tell your, uh, you know, New Jerseyites. Tell your Mets fans, your Yankee fans, Atlanta yeah. Braves fans. I don't know if those exist anymore. Tell them to. So basically, t- um, tell Dot Star. 
Right. right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> tell that star. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Tell tell that star. Tell equal star and uh, keep it moving. Yeah. And uh, if you want to email the show, go to feedback at thesmallpointblog.com. You can send us an email there. Or if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can go to speakpipe.com slash spawn on me or go to thesmallpointblog.com and click the little red tab on the right hand side. You can leave us a voicemail and we'll play it on the show. If that is it, I will say thanks again to Nino, the czar, Samuel and Rich, the host Grisham. Um, Pay attention. Check out the Sim Hangouts. Check out the Press Row podcast. Check out Spawn on Me. And uh, we will say peace. 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 Peace.